1: Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners,
0: entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real-life lessons
1: and people doing cool shit.
0: What's up, fam? Welcome back to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah.
1: Today's ep, we sit down with AFL footballer Trent Cotchen, Richmond captain, two-time premiership player, and Brownlow medal winner – He's one of the best leaders
0: the AFL has seen in a long time and I think has been a catalyst for men speaking up more about mental health and personal struggles.
1: Yeah, that's right. Trent does talk about the upcoming 2020 football season and reflects on some of the lessons he's learned along the way.
0: This is an ep that I hope my brothers listen to and all my guy friends. It shows some real
1: raw and honest vulnerability. Hit subscribe, give us some love and pass this episode on to all your friends. Ciao. Enjoy. What's up, fam? So today we are super excited. We are sitting down with two-time premiership football player, all-time legend, Brownlow medalist, drum roll please, Trent Cotchin. Damn, that's a bit of a rap. I know. I practiced
2: that. (laughs) Yeah, it was very nice. You did a good job. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Considering I was a little bit nervous, but that one was
0: good. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Um, I want to kick off today keeping it really relevant. This week was your first week back at football training. Were you so excited to walk back into Punt Road?
2: Yeah, I was. Um, It's been interesting because we're back in groups of like eight. So whilst everyone thinks you're back at training, it's not like being back at training because, you know, for the majority of the group it's as close as you get is a wave Uh, and all of our sessions are staggered so we don't really spend much time with anyone bar the eight that we're in. So um, it's good to be back. The normal routine, even though it's not quite normal yet, um, is good and welcomed. Um, But effectively we're two and a half weeks away from playing our first game since Round 1.
1: It's crazy. It's so weird, isn't it? So you've already played one game, obviously pre kind of pre-corona but not. There was no crowd. How was that? Was that weird?
2: Completely weird, yeah. So strange. Um. Almost like training because you could hear every instruction and conversation but it was it was nice in a sense as yeah. well because you could hear conversations that our backs were having after a goal against oh, or yeah. a goal for and so forth that you would typically never hear, particularly yeah. in a round one clash against the Blues where there's, you know, at least 80,000 there. So um, it was a bit eerie and different and you had to create your own energy which normally the crowd yeah. help you with. Um, but it looks as though that's going to be the way it is for... Yeah. You know, I don't know when until yeah. when, but um, for the not not too
1: distant future, hopefully. Kind of reminded me of country football. I obviously grew up in the country, and when I was watching it, it reminded me so much of country football. I kind of liked it. I I liked it, but I think I did have to switch it off because I'm um, like, I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> no, I thought
0: I thought like, oh, we'll all be allowed to go to the G in a couple of weeks. So I was like, I don't like this. Like, what yeah. if someone takes Mark of the Year and there's no roar from the crowd or something like that. But one thing I really was interested in, and something you might have to tame in, I think, for the rest of the season, is the trash talk, because you can hear everything.
2: You can, you can, but I reckon that makes it interesting for the viewer, doesn't it? Umpires are mic'd up still. Um, You know, even you can hear the commentators taking the piss out of you as well, which
1: is (laughs) can you can you literally when you're on
2: the bench, you can hear them all up in the back commentating the game, which is just. Completely bizarre.
1: That would motivate me to want to like get back out there and play harder. Just motivated me
2: to <laughs> want
0: to punch me in the head.
1: <laughs> So, getting back to training now. So, what's that?
0: The group of eight you're training in. Who is it? Yeah. Do you train in mids, backs, forwards, all training? Yeah, in their so separate I think groups.
2: All different clubs have a totally different
0: structure. Take on it. Mm.
2: Um, I think some have sort of split up their youth, their mature maturity, and just had sort of a, a broad. Just in case, I think the idea of the group is if someone was to contract it in that group, then that group would be quarantined, not oh, the whole that's group.
0: That's smart. Okay. So not uh, all the mids will go down with corona yeah. if they... Whereas, yeah.
2: <laughs> Our club's sort of like, mm, you know, we a lot of our game is based on connection. Mm. So we are training in groups that we typically play or closer to. Oh, um, okay. With a little bit of a mix of youth and, and older, but, um, yeah, certainly more so positional just because then... All of your drills, when you are restricted to those smaller groups, can be specific to your area.
0: And coming back to football, you guys uh, um, have to be tested regularly, isn't that right? Like, so yeah. we'll, how? Had one that? today. Oh, really? Of the
2: snout, both both nostrils, and the it looks back of the painful.
1: Throat.
2: It's um, I Not think pleasant. they measure it off your left index finger, pointer, index. Is that your index? Yeah, that's
1: your, your index. Pointer. Yeah,
2: index. To that knuckle, so it, like literally oh. goes in your nose. That guys, oh.
0: that is long. Yeah. Can you feel it all the way like?
2: Yeah, like it feels like they poke the front of your brain. Oh, no,
0: I oh, couldn't. Do you gag? It
2: makes your eyes water.
0: So you have to do that twice a week?
2: Twice a week. So I think it'll be 24 hours pre-main training session when the whole group go back together once Shit. the category B's B, I think it is, yep. training standards. Wait, so know.
1: does your family have to get tested? Like does Brooke, obviously Brooke is your wife, does she have to get tested?
2: Mm, not at this stage. I don't know if that is part of the plans and so forth. It's something that I probably wouldn't be that comfortable with. No, yeah. They're not the ones that should be sacrificing to play the game we love.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Are you looking forward to the season or how do you feel about it? Because it is so different. Like I've had conversations Mm -hmm. with so many friends that are massive fans of football and Tal and I are and a couple of people have been like, I don't want my team to win the premiership this year. Like.
2: Yeah, I think Dimmer came out in the media earlier in the week and he was just like it's actually going to be a premiership that everyone remembers because of what's happened this year. Um, And I think, you know, you can look at it two ways and probably like anyone, whether it's in business, just in life in general, you know, clearly there's been some challenges with COVID-19 and Mm -hmm. everything that's been um, happening but you can either see it as an obstacle or an opportunity and as a football club we like to think of it as an an opportunity, Um, you know, even just to the point of the way we're training this week, it may change the way pre-season looks in the future. Yeah. Or, and little things that you tinker with at the end of the day may become the norm. Um, so, yeah, I think to win it it's going to be just as hard as it would
0: any other, any other year. Mm, yeah. Uh,
2: you need a lot to go your way. You need to play good footy at the right time of year or throughout the whole <laughs> yeah. year. and. You know, just the competition still competitive
0: hundred thousand yeah. watching you, yeah. the MCG I'm just yeah it's true but the, there is a great opportunity for the AFL to look at this situation especially now I would say AFL is one of the first sports in the world coming back and the especially potential contact sport too. yeah the yeah. potential view, viewers worldwide like I know the first round um, we had friends in LA who had never watched AFL in their life and they were tuning yeah. in because it was the only sport in the world still going on.
2: Yeah, it's very cool when you think of it. I think I have seen some of the NFL shows and NBA shows just referencing, you know, our crazy game
0: yeah. um,
2: where you wear no padding and, and crash into each other. Um, so, yeah, from, from a worldwide perspective, it's a great opportunity for the brand to grow. Yeah, it's true. I think that's what the AFL would say.
1: Yeah. The brand. The brand. <laughs> hey, I'm just going to move away from football for one second, still kind of keeping the Corona topic, but you've just launched well, launching a business, Posi Socks, which we love. Um, Now, you obviously did that in your time. Did you do that in your time off or has that been like a thing that you've kind of worked on for a while? Yes, Yes. well,
2: um, it's been probably two and a half years in the making. Yeah. Um, One, just from a time point of view, just committing it. But as you guys know, um, being in the clothing industry, uh, things take time to get right and I'm sure that there will still be little things that we tinker with across uh, launch and dropping our first uh, line. But, um, yeah, it's been enjoyable and and really exciting um, to share, you know, some of the lessons in a really basic form that Mm -hmm. I've learned over the last few years um, and give people an opportunity or at least try and inspire them to to live a more positive life.
1: So explain what is Posi Socks? We obviously know but people listening might not know the whole brand.
2: Whilst we talk about the socks and the product, The idea is to effectively create a community and people um, that want to live a more or or try to help people uh, to live a more positive life. Um, And for me, you know, the challenge I've had with regards to whether it's mindfulness or just, you know, routine-based or habit is that it's easy to say it but sometimes it's a little bit harder to actually perform it. And when the, the idea came to us, it was it was about, you know, what's one of the first things I do in the morning? I have a shower, I put my socks on and if I could have something on my feet that reminded me to practice gratitude or think more positively rather than stressing about what lies ahead in the day. Um, it's just a great shifter and, you know, that's where, where the idea of winning the morning um, and allowing it to, to help win the day um, yeah. came from, which is a big part of our motto and um, I'm just really looking forward to to sharing some of the insights that I've learned, but also just connecting with people um, in the same space that can teach me more about um, life and living it more positively yeah. and also more about myself.
1: Yeah, we love that. I think if you I talk th- about anyone, we always, like any of our friends' husbands, we always come back with like, Trent, so positive. <laughs> so, like So Because you are, you're such a positive person and I love how you want to give back to everyone. It's such a freaking amazing idea. So good. But like you touched on before, it hasn't
0: always been that way. Mm. What was it like before? <laughs> like what was the catalyst for you to become positive?
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, throughout my life I've always been a glass half full person. Um, but 2016 was no doubt the most challenging year of my life uh, from a personal point of view but also from Brooke's point of view. And, and you know, we had Mackenzie in get this right, June, but, um, <laughs> uh, end of June in 2016 and whilst I was there, I don't think I was completely present um, for probably the first three or four months of Mackenzie's life and, you know, I'd like to think that I've made up for that uh, now and and the way that we're engaged in the kids' lives and, um, you know, celebrate every little milestone that they have. Uh, it pains me to say that that may have been the case but upon reflection it was just because, you know, I didn't want to share the struggles I was going with, whether that was with Brooke um, or people that I loved or trust um, because I didn't want to be a burden on anyone. Yeah. And I think that's one of the greatest lessons for me and, and it's something that's on one of our pairs of socks is um, that a, a problem shared is a problem halved. And, you know, we're also scared to, one, burden other people with our challenges mm. but also, you know, there's a lot of shame attached with, not doing okay or yeah. um, not being okay or not knowing the answers, and the reality is that you know, as humans, we're all imperfect, and that's actually what brings us together, yeah. Um, so for me, that was just a great part of the lessons that I learned early on in sort of end of 2016, 2017, and um, you know, it's continued, I've continued to learn and grow from there, but plenty still more.
0: I think, personally, from my perspective, like one, you're a fantastic dad, so I hope Thank you, you. Yeah. <laughs> but. From a, an elite athlete perspective, I think the vulnerability you've shown. I think you've been a real catalyst for um, not only the AFL but men, men in, in general. general. Yeah, because Agree. you speak so openly and um, Honest. honestly from your heart about your vulnerability, your strengths, your weaknesses, things that you're working on. And I see it now with the AFL; they've brought out this really great new initiative. The um, last time you cried. And I saw you're you're going to be on I'm that part episode. Of that. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't launched yet, but
2: uh, not my episode. But they yeah. have. I think they've.
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple. I saw Brown maybe. Yeah. Camel yeah, Brown,
2: and I think Tom Boyd recently as well.
0: Uh, but I I think that was a probably the the shift for the whole of the Richmond Football Club. So, 2017, you won the premiership. 2016, you were saying things weren't going great. How do you think the the mental health of the club and everyone changed that took you guys to the next level?
2: Yeah, um, it's a good question. And, and when people ask, you know, about how can you be 13th, you know, mm. effectively a train wreck of a year, you know, we've mm. made finals three years leading into 2016 um, and then go from there to winning the ultimate prize in uh, the Premiership Cup. It's There's no one simple answer but I think, to be frank, Dimmer led us by going on a journey of almost rediscovering himself, um, you know, and, and probably me to some extent. But we have just a great, um, a really vast group that us leaders in to- so many different ways. And, you know, I think just giving people permission to be themselves, you know, I think we reflect on part of the journey being that our coaching group, our players all were trying to be, you know, f- effectively forty-four robots that yeah. Yeah. lived and breathed by the same values. And you, you talk about culture and so forth, but it was almost forced. Whereas where we got to was building, you know, a fence, and you had to live your best version of yourself within that fence. Still have, you know, things, that, expectations of each other, and so forth, and we and guidelines, but. Um, we wanted people to flourish and be in an environment where we focus on what you're really good at not what you can't do Yeah. and um you know the coaches were fantastic in making that shift straight away and t- the energy of the place day 1 of preseason uh in 2017 was just a completely different place you know so,
0: yeah were there any exercises you had to to do like to was it one person had to lead the way like i i was watching um the last dance and michael jordan explained it in a way, there's always one um, match that starts the fire. Yeah. Was there one particular...
2: Uh, Probably Dimmer got us all to, um, I don't know how much you've read about our journey, but they were called Triple H's and I don't know if he just came up with the idea or if he brought it back from one of the courses he did over in the States. And effectively, it's you tell, um, your highlight your hardship and your hero, and a story surrounded one the power of storytelling and the way that connects with people. But also the vulnerability to talk about something that you know there was half the boys shared stories that I had no idea. You would think that we're pretty close mates, but um, you know some of the guys' backstories. You know the likes of Brandon Alice, who you know effectively grew up in commission flats and so Mm. forth, and. You know, I reckon there was only one or two players out of 44 that knew that about him and, um, you know, when he gets up and speaks about it, he talks about the shame that was attached with that, he walked home from school a totally different way so that his friends didn't know oh, that that was where he lived out. and um, that's powerful stuff and, yeah. and Ign- it's real. It and is it's, not. It's, it's compassion really in you. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think that would be one of the... Cornerstones,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> of
2: uh, our journey. But from there, you just got to find new ways um, to develop it, grow it. Um, and I think by sharing those three snippets of your life, it just gave everyone permission to have even greater conversations yeah. beyond that.
1: So going back to 2016, were you close to leaving the game? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I definitely I was over. Or I, I didn't think I was the right person to be captain of the Richmond City yeah. Club. And
0: why do you think that? Do you was there just too much pressure? Um, because you got captaincy at such a young age. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I, I, I did my research. Two, Twenty-two. Two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's been a long time. Hasn't it? Yeah. Um, i I probably was too young in hindsight. But I'm also incredibly grateful of the lessons that I've learned along the way. Yeah. yeah. I just wish I had learned them a lot longer, uh, a lot earlier. But you wouldn't the change the journey. But yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. Um, what was the question? Oh,
1: so we—how close were you to yeah, walking away? The, the, the game, yeah.
2: I just had fallen out of love yeah. with the game. You know, we—I think we got beaten by a hundred and twenty yeah, or thirty in the last game yeah. of the season, and up in Sydney, yeah. And I think I explained as just walking away from that game and probably for the next month or so with this dark cloud yeah. hanging over my head and not really knowing where to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I never knew that you were that close to it at such a young age. Do you think you actually would have? Um,
1: I feel like you're a, like someone that wouldn't give up.
2: No, I wanted to work my way through it yeah, and that yeah. was probably why I was like, oh, maybe the captaincy isn't what... Yeah, well, it wasn't even more so about me. It was more about the club. It was, yeah, um, you know, I think I even had a conversation with um, Blair Hartley, our list manager at the time, just saying, mate, if if you think it's going to be the best thing for the club, then may- maybe you should t- look to trade me or something mm. like that, bring in some fresh Shit. blood. I, I don't know, but
0: shake it up a
1: little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: I'd like to think that a lot of the time. It's about others, not yourself, and I think that's when we all perform at our best.
1: Yeah. So you were captain at 22. Did, when you were announced captain, did you feel a pressure that you had to change who you were or the way you acted because you were so young and leading a club?
2: Yeah. You look at, you look at all the, the captains that I admired or respected. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember my first captain's day and there was uh, Nick Riewoldt, Luke Hodge, Maddie Boyd. Um, who else was there? Oh, Jonathan Brown.
1: It'd be like
2: nerve wracking for yeah. a 22 year old. Yeah. Gary Ablett. So, yeah, wow. like, I was sitting there and I was like, God, one, I'm, I'm not worthy of being here. Yeah, no that's way. crazy. Uh, and two, what are the things that they do well that I perceive they do yeah. well that I can now start to emulate and, and practice myself? And, you know, as part of that journey, um, I was probably trying to be the perfect captain. Mm-hmm. And one, there's no such thing. And, you know, there's so many different forms of leadership. And, You know, even you know the way I lead now, based on what the group is in three or four years' time, I I probably won't be captain. And I hope that. (laughs) Do you think you'll still be playing? (laughs) Thirty-four. I hope to be getting a kick still. Um, But the group that we're leading there as well may be a completely different group of personalities that my style doesn't typically work, or maybe you need to manipulate or change, or be a little bit more fluent.
0: What? How would you describe your leadership style for? and a supporters perspective i see you you high five all the boys as they run out not you, anymore not anymore oh. <laughs> just a wink yeah so that's the at new at 1.5 yeah. <laughs> um but you you just seem to they look up to you but you you're their friend there isn't any hard kind of leadership style that you see, like, how would you describe yourself as a yeah, th- club leader?
2: Um, I think I come from a place of understanding, or at least trying to understand, that everyone's different. Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, each and every one of those boys has a different personality. So even on field, when you're trying to give feedback or get the best out of someone, the way Bashahooli reacts as compared with Dusty versus Jack Rewalt all completely different mm. in the way you present the feedback or, you know, just give them a raz or whatever yeah. it is that gets them going. Um, so I would say just probably the empathy side yeah. and trying to understand and um, I think one of the, the greatest journeys for me, I, I would label myself as the loner type leader leading into 2016 and thinking that I needed to do everything out, um, on my own and I needed to take the brunt of the negative feedback and, mm. you know, it wasn't Dima's fault that we were, crap that year, it was my fault and not burden anyone else with it. But what I've realised is that there's so many incredible people, uh, yeah, people within our organisation, but I'm sure that's the same with most organisations that you can lean on and effectively give them the power to do what they do best.
0: Yeah. I think at a conversation we've had a while ago, you were able to separate yourself from a footballer and just be you. And I think that's probably a real strength that you don't identify as a footballer. Like you're you as a person, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, from a mental health perspective, that's probably one of the healthiest things you yeah. can because yeah. you're not attached to that identity of football
2: 100%. And I think that's going to be the greatest issue given mental health is, you know, the number one problem that society's facing. And coming through the other side of COVID and so forth, I'm sure that, you know, numbers will potentially spike as well with job loss, financial troubles, um, people. You know having all this time with family and then feeling like they have to go back to work and struggling to find that balance. So, um, persona versus person yeah. is a really important part, and it's a lesson that I think all young athletes, particularly athletes, but people should go through at some stage, learning about. Yeah
0: have you Have you struggled from being teacher dad to football was that Was that a hard transition? <laughs> I'm
2: pretty lucky. Uh, Brooke's done the majority, if not all, the heavy lifting. On the I thought patience was a strength of mine, but it's clearly not when it comes to schooling.
1: You're not going to pass as a (laughs) prep teacher anytime soon? No,
2: not prep, I don't think.
1: You spoke a little bit about mental health. Do you have daily routines that you've incorporated into your day like gratitude diaries, meditation? What keeps your mental health healthy?
2: Yeah, As I said, like I've tried the journaling and I've tried um, some form of meditation. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think when people talk about meditation, they're like, oh, you know, you've got to put the weird music on and sit <laughs> cross-legged. Yeah. I struggle to sit cross-legged so that's already one issue. <laughs> but I think it's more about mindfulness and just being still yeah. in the moment. So whether that be mowing the lawns or sitting at a set of lights and just really taking in everything that's being going present, on. Being present, yeah. Um, that's practice for, for me. That's that's the sort of stuff that I've learned mm-hmm. that works for me and just being calm and, and comfortable with what is yeah. effectively and yeah, you know, that's that, that's literally why Posi Socks for me um, could be a really important part of the daily routine for people. Is it'll just trigger that thinking, and whilst clearly we don't have a sock that changes the quote every day for you, it can be the trigger that you think about that, and then you practice your journaling, gratitude, or, or something. Um, yeah, just sending a text to someone else because the more we focus on others, the better we'll be.
1: It's true.
0: I like that. How do you go about teaching? You've got. Three young children. Parker probably obviously can't learn about gratitude at the moment. <laughs> he's only, he's not even one yet. But how do you go about teaching your young girls about gratitude, mindfulness and making sure they don't get stuck in some kind of rut initially?
2: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, one, every night before bed we um, we try to ask just what went well for them today or what they're looking forward to tomorrow. That's cute. Um, and it's just a, a really small conversation starter that you know the girls even ask for it now, you know, oh. um, which which is great, and and it's uh, a big part of our life. And I think schools are really starting to invest and and go down this path because they realise just how important it is for you know the future years of of kids of today, but also just people in general. And um, I think the more schools start to do it, you know, even some of the religious education activities and <laughs> the in um, inquiry activities that the school have put forward for for Harper have included going for walks and just taking in, you know, uh, nature and the sounds and just being present in that moment rather than being distracted because effectively that's what mobile phones and mm. the world's doing today is it's it's heavily distracted and you know we talk about anxiety and so forth. Sometimes it's not even a diagnosed thing. It's just that people get distracted and forget what they're in control of.
1: It's true. Um, I'm going to stay on the subject of like mental health. I know I've spoken to you before about like books, self-help books and self-development books. Is that something that you love reading about? I know you've given me a few recommendations. What's your favourite book and what did you get out of it?
2: Favourite book? Um, I I love all of Brene Brown's stuff, I think. Um, And even knowing Brooke, you know, both of us aren't big readers but um, we've really... They've grabbed us. It's so relative to everyone. I think Mm
0: -hmm. I I don't know who Brené. I have never read
2: a Brené Brown book. Um, She's effectively, she's a doctor in. Do you know? I'm
1: not sure, but there's a good documentary on Netflix. I think about her. Really?
2: Yeah. Is she Australian? What is is it called? I'm not sure. Is that the Daring? Is it Daring Greatly? Anyway, that's one of her books.
1: Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Um,
2: And I was lucky enough to meet her. She came um, to one of our games last year. Oh, really? Against Melbourne?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and spent a bit of time with us. I was actually not playing, so I was even luckier. I got yeah. to s- sit in the box with her and just
0: pick her brain, pick her brain yeah. about
2: team sports. She's worked with some amazing organisations. Um, she originally came from um, TED Talk. She was a sensation.
0: Yeah.
2: Wrote, has written a number of best selling books and um, is very well respected. Uh, the other one's Tony Robbins, who, when mm-hmm. I first watched his uh, Netflix. Oh, yeah. I'm not, little... not your guru. Yeah. I was like, oh, um, my God, it's just one of those yeah. American <laughs> wanker that I just can't stand. <laughs> but, you know, some of his stuff is so simple and it's yeah. just brilliant and it's so important for people to know, understand. And I know it's not going to be everyone's taste, And um, the, but my number one book would probably be uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight.
1: That's the best book ever.
2: Um, probably a little bit because of the journey that I've been on yeah. with regards to posy socks and so forth, but um, I'm a Nike athlete. Um, my mentor Ben Crow has worked with Phil and for Nike, and he recommended it, and I just loved it. I couldn't put it down. Book. Yeah, we in Thailand.
0: I'm like halfway through it. It's I very good thoroughly book. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah.
2: And the other one's Open by Andre Agassi. I enjoyed that. too.
0: Oh, I haven't read that one. It, what's that? It, that's not his autobiography, yeah? One. Is it? Yeah. I've read that years and years ago. Yeah. yeah.
2: There's a lot of life lessons in it as well.
0: I think you just get that from people's stories. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. 100%. I think that's the whole point of Curious Conversations, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> <Absolutely>. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing a good job of that. Um, you touched on Crowy, your mentor. Can you – I know he's been huge in your life and I think also Dimmers. Yep. Um, can you tell us a bit more about him, <laughs> what he's taught you – and I don't know much yeah, about I, him. I actually want to know, like, is yeah. he a
1: life coach or what is he, what would his job title be? Was he like an all-rounder? Like I've heard a lot about him but I just don't know.
2: He he is a life coach. Yeah. He's, um, his journey has been quite amazing. Like he's, he's had successful businesses, he worked for Nike for I think 22, 23 oh, wow. years. I think he was one of the youngest, I don't even know what they call them, maybe executives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but effectively he's been on his own journey uh, himself and more recently um, he sold, it was an athlete platform for storytelling which you guys will love obviously with the cool. curious conversations yeah. and um, they sold that to the Players' Tribune which I think have now unsold it. Any, anyway, it was called Unscripted, um, has mentored for years and years just based around life coaching, business mm-hmm. coaching. Um but effectively, just finding the best version of yourself, or or at least being on that journey and assisting where he can there. Um, and I think his his latest developments is he he wants to impact the whole world, not just um, individuals. Love
1: that.
2: Um, so I, he's developing an app that is going to hopefully educate many many people uh, for many yeah. years to come.
1: Do you reckon he had a massive impact on you as a person, a dad, an athlete?
2: Yeah, he's he's changed my life, no yeah. doubt about it, and. You know, you asked about footy. If footy had kept going down the same path in 2017, I don't know what my life would have le- looked like. Let alone, yeah, um, just my football career. Yeah, um,
0: did Crowy step into your life in 2016? En- end
2: of 2016, yeah. Okay. And the same with Dimmer. Um, so he, he, you know, his guidance and wisdom has been incredible, and yeah. he'll be the first to put his hand up and say, you know, like a lot of the stuff that. I'm teaching or educating people on has been around for thousands and thousands of years but sometimes people just need to hear it and hear it in a really simple form and um, that's what he's exceptional at. He's taught me a lot about um, being humble and humility and just caring about others and, um, you know, he's, the best example of that
1: love that so you obviously had the 2016 you came you guys won the 2017 grand final obviously won last year was there a difference between the 2017 winning 2017 2019 did you feel different were there well like what was the difference between winning two premierships
2: yeah definitely different yeah um
1: in what way
2: uh i think we went into 2019 um, everyone expected us
1: to win, to win, or at yeah. least
2: be, um, you know, probably the more dominant dominant side, or at least even. Mm. Whereas 2017, it was just like, even our supporters, they were just like, no,
1: nah. we yeah. won, cool. we won
2: a final, yeah. and now we're in a grand final, and who cares? We get to celebrate this week. Yeah, that we've made a grand final. F- hasn't been a long time. Um, whereas 2019, even like the week at training, the grand final parade, there was probably similar numbers. But the energy was completely different. It was just like this weight of expectation. Yeah. Wow, Did you know really? In our fans yeah. more so than us because we've done a lot of work on mindset and and just controlling what you can control. Yeah. Um, so it was it was yeah it was definitely different. And I think from a personal point of view, and um, you know, Brooke would probably be the same. Having the hamstring injuries throughout the yeah. year, um, you know, it was just a really big emotionally draining year. Um, so yeah, it was almost a relief to get to the end. Um, but what it's taught me is that, you know, whilst holding the cup up on the stage with all our fans going mad, your family's there um, and, and and the boys obviously, your mm. teammates and, and the club, um, that's incredible but it's actually the journey that is yeah. what brings us happiness, not the destination and it's celebrating those moments and it's why it's so important not to be distracted and not yeah. to miss those little moments um, throughout the year in your lives. Yeah,
0: I love that keeps Speaking about distractions and Tal and I have spoken about this corona time, it takes away, you can't be distracted. Have mm. you learnt anything more about you, your family, football? Like has it ignited a passion to play on longer, like without all the noise of everything else? Have you learnt anything in this time? Um,
2: not specifically but it's just really rung true with a lot of the lessons that I have been learning, I think, Um you know, even just the conversations you have with people and it's effectively the lens that you look at controls absolutely how you feel. Yeah. yeah.
0: You, know, you
2: can look out of it as so a true. rosy glass and, you know, oh, here's an opportunity to spend time with family and, you know, invest a bit of time in myself or read books or do a course online that typically I'll be too busy, which I try not to use that word, yeah. um, too busy to do normally and there's other people who have looked out of their lens with um negativity let's call yeah. it poo across the glasses. it's yeah, <laughs> true <laughs> and they just drag people down yeah. um and and even those people now that were coming out the other side of it they're still sitting there in their negative mind frame and and trying to pin people for having this better perspective on life because yeah. at the end of the day it comes back to perspective you know? yeah um a story is written but it's how you look at it that yeah. truly tells us. That's like what we
1: were talking about the other day. I've been going home to my mum and dad's on the weekend and I was like, oh, my God, mum's driving me crazy. And Sarah's like, just be grateful because, you know, in 10 years, 20 years' time or whatever, they might not be here. Be grateful for this time that you've spent with them. And I was like, oh, well, yeah.
0: You you have to look at things with fresh eyes. You do. You yeah. yeah. really there's do. there's a silver lining, I think, in this whole situation. Yeah. And if we can walk away with that and be Content with what is, yeah, it's true. Like, yeah. I think it'll be so much better for humanity.
2: Absolutely. So, couldn't agree more.
1: What legacy do you want to leave the AFL and your family? Like,
2: yeah, it's a good question. I think what I, if I was to die tomorrow and someone was writing a eulogy for me, yeah, which is probably a good way. I've, I've actually done that task.
0: You've written re- your own sad. eulogy.
2: We, yeah. What. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because it helps with developing your purpose.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. true.
2: And what Never you live for every that day. Way. Yeah. Um, but I would hope that they said that I was a loving, caring father, husband and family man that always tried to find the best in everything um, and helped others realise and fulfil their potential. I think that would. Yeah. Whether that be in football sense, life sense, um, I think it needs to pretty fluent across both
1: I think we just found our podcast description for your (laughs) episode
0: no but that's and you honestly do that you have a way with people that you just make them feel seen and heard like even if it's someone in the streets coming up to you you make them feel special Special, in that in that time and I think that's a real
1: it's uh, a good quality to have exactly
0: yeah agreed. couldn't say it better
1: yeah
0: um I do have a have you watched the Michael Jordan the last dance (laughs) No,
2: everyone would think I'd be crazy to watch it. I feel I,
0: like I, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've watched one episode. Oh,
0: really? And
2: I do plan on watching it, oh. but I want to sort of binge on it, and I yeah. haven't yeah. really had the opportunity to. I
1: mean, I watched it. Of three, he's got no time. <laughs> to <watch> exactly. It. <laughs> I I've
0: watched it. I pulled. There's a lot of similarities, I think, between the Tigers and Chicago Bulls team of that era. Um. I'd probably say Dusty might be MJ. You might be Scotty Pippen <laughs> kind of thing. But is there anything you have binged on in this time on Netflix or anything? Uh,
2: I love Billions. I was pretty excited to hear that their new season was coming out. I think Can't it started in that. May. Can't get into nah, it. Why? Tried. I
1: don't know. I think
2: I, I must admit, season five. I think they're up to. Oh wow! I've, I've found irritating. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, Like, Because you sort of love and hate and, like, learning about ego and, you know, materialism and all that Mm. sort of stuff, it's the worst show ever to watch. (laughs) But it's also quite gratifying to learn or relearn a lot of the lessons that you've learned and Mm. and pick up on things. And, you know, for a TV show, it's actually right into mindfulness and they have a, you know, a business slash life coach or mentor that works in their business. It's all about a capital venture fund. So, um, yeah, I find it interesting and intriguing. What else? Um <laughs> what's the Ricky Gervais one?
0: Oh, oh I haven't watched I haven't that. Watched something Japan. about dead something oh, grave or something. I watched
2: the first season I was like, this is, like is it heavy? heavily depressing. Is but it? the humour is so dry. Wait, I thought he was like, a comedian. Yeah, it's like
1: and it's so depressing. funny. <laughs> right. but
2: he's he's heavily depressed in the oh, show. Oh, right. So it's like Whoa. It's a bit flat. You need something was, a bit yeah. more lighter to pick me it up was, than it, that. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So I, I haven't finished season two yet of that, but they're the two that I've probably binged on most. And that being and um, Sophia the Princess.
0: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. yeah Harper. Likes. Half, <laughs> Harper's <laughs> been telling yeah. me about that one. Um. In in this whole situation, you've been home six seven weeks. How did train? training go did you like I (laughs)
2: depends if you ask Brooke or (laughs) me
0: (laughs) yeah I think Brooke's pre-season would have been better than yours definitely better pre-seasons yeah
2: she's trained a lot harder than I have (laughs) um yeah I've effectively ticked off what I needed to do to be in a position where yeah
0: did you have a routine
2: yeah 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 yeah. so we we all had a routine from a a club point of view um but I, I think the best thing for me is getting up and getting it done because yeah. you sit on it and dwell on it all day. It effectively doesn't yeah.
0: happen. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> what does that look like, getting what done? Do you do a weight session? Do you do a cardio session?
2: Because well, we try to plan it around the kids. Brooke always trains really early. Um, she's And Parker doesn't really get <laughs> up until seven. So if she's in the gym downstairs, I will uh, race off and do my running off-site and then do my weights Or sometimes, if she is boxing or something that's not right here, um, I'll do my weights prior to running, which typically doesn't make me feel that good while I'm running, and I feel really (laughs) heavy. Watch those
0: hammies, yeah. Yes,
2: got to be careful. I'm a spring chicken, though. Um, Yeah. And then the 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 fun part of ISO training was the Zoom bike sessions and so forth. You did
0: that with the boys?
2: Yeah. Really, it was good fun. Sometimes we'd have trivia and. Special guests at different times. Oh, that's so, cool. So, yeah, it was good fun.
0: So you kept the team all together in some capacity?
2: Tried to, yeah. Yeah? How
0: yeah. often would you check in with one another?
2: Uh, well, we had WhatsApp groups that were, you know, daily um, and then Zoom training. There was two, uh, like, pre, pre-booked pre sessions a week where guys could opt in, opt out. There was no pressure. Yeah. Do, so. yeah.
0: so you kind of were let to do your own thing. Yeah. That's yeah, and we cool. thought
2: that was important. Started yeah. off pretty heavily like connected on zooms and so forth and then
1: it gets overwhelming yeah it does yeah, just it does. exhausting really and yeah also i don't know about you like i'm definitely not an athlete but like i found it really i got to a stage i was really motivated and then i just hit this slump and i'm like i am not motivated at all and i'm a motivated person did you ever feel like that
2: yeah i i actually really battled at different stages yeah, just same. training on my own started to get colder <laughs> um, yeah and as we got closer to us potentially going back. I started to train with Basha Hooli, which which um, was good.
1: Yeah, training got, got with Got me other
2: motivated people. and got me back on track, which yeah. was
1: good. <laughs> Sarah <laughs> and I just did a, a spin class online the other day on FaceTime together. And was oh, fun. you on FaceTime. I had the spin class there. I'm like, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly right. What um, were three things that people wouldn't know about you, like three things that we wouldn't know? Or are you just an open book? An open pretty, book? I'm a
2: pretty open book. Yeah. Um, Right. If oh, I have chocolate they, in I my c- pantry, I'm gone.
1: That's actually yeah. irrelevant to something Sarah's going to ask you soon. <laughs> we, we we
0: often get little um photos from Brooke of the side door of your car when you've You've been... got to learn to throw that rubbish away. There might be a Magnum wrapper yeah. or... It's all about vulnerability <laughs> and accepting
2: that we're not all
0: perfect, okay? <laughs> um,
2: God, Brooke will say that I snore, but I don't really snore. She... Then she'll correct herself and say that I purr in my sleep, <laughs> which irritates her. And
0: yeah. are you a handyman?
2: Uh, I'm not pathetic, but I'm not. I wouldn't like volunteer I knock something.
0: Yeah. Up, so you're not doing it the renovations at the new place or anything like. Not
2: anything that will be seen by anyone else. <laughs> but uh, I did dig out a fair bit of dirt early on in ISO yeah.
0: um,
2: and spray painted all our exterior fences. Wow. With um, one of the other boys, so. Yeah, I, I had a crack at a few things. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm really good <laughs> yeah. at it and digging is. Pfft.
1: It's exhausting. People That's actually a enough. workout. Yeah, That's part of your training session. Yeah.
0: Now getting back to food, Tal and I like to wrap up the end of a podcast with food and we know you do love a bit of a sweet tooth and food so we thought we'd mix it up. We, usually we ask what would your last meal be? Maybe we can still ask that but we have a little um, printout here of
1: an interactive activity. Yeah,
0: interactive um, activity. So I tell hasn't seen this either. No, so I'll get both of you to play oh, this really? game. Yeah, mm-hmm. why not? So we have um some bakery items here. We have a custard tart, your classic vanilla slice, your apple cake with icing it These on are the really top.
1: old school bakery items.
0: Yeah. Uh do yeah. we even have this? Country bakery. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, your, your caramel slice, a cheesecake, and oh, the classic I already know what I'm finger eat. bun. Out of that. What would you? What would can, you all how many go can to? Can you
1: choose? Can you choose two or one? Stick with one. Oh, far out. Okay, I've got one. I'm
2: gonna. I'm gonna delete as we go. Okay. okay so the
1: custard
0: tart. No apple pie. cake.
2: Apple cake thing. No. <laughs> yeah. No. <nah. laughs> Sprinkles. Yeah. <sighs> look. Looks good, but <laughs> I'd probably get rid of that. Cheesecake is a definite no. Really? Oh, yeah, I'm not a cheesecake really?
1: person. Poor. That's actually vanilla a good slice, last three. Vanilla
2: slice may be too sickly. So custard tart,
1: tart and a caramel. And
2: caramel slice. Oh,
1: That's actually a good last two.
2: There's some pretty good <laughs> caramel slices and given... Mum may have dropped a bit of caramel slice off last oh. week. And I couldn't stop myself, so at least Brooke would agree with me. I'm going to have to say caramel, caramel
1: slice. Really? Tala? Do you know what I'm going to choose? I feel like Sarah might know. 100% percent cheesecake. cheesecake I love a cheesecake. Love. It actually
2: makes me want to vomit.
0: Really? The, the
1: vanilla slice makes me want to vomit.
0: Um, out of the next food lot, I don't know Tully, what Tully would pick. She I don't know, really don't know. But it's food from the MCG. So you've got your classic hot jam donut.
2: That's tempting. Oh yeah,
1: it's hot. You've got
0: your your hot dog and tomato sauce, Mm. your hot chips, your classic four and twenty, and a schnitty burger, as they would say. uh, Okay, I've got mine. Brooke's not watching, so you can eat whatever you want.
2: I think I'd just go the stock standard French fry.
1: Really? Yeah. Tal? I'd go the hot dog.
2: Wow. <gasps> yeah. You?
1: I love a hot dog. Probably meat pie. Would you? Yeah, yeah. meat pie yeah. and
2: sauce is always pretty yeah.
1: good. Yeah. Especially meat pie for it, me it's just too messy. Oh no. do love meat pie. I Chips,
2: don't. just straighten your hands. Plenty of salt on them.
1: Chicken salt or normal salt?
2: Oh, Probably chicken salt. Yeah,
1: good one. <laughs> good one.
0: <laughs> Classic. Good one. Well, thanks for sitting down and talking with us. No you worries. Been, um,
2: Thank you. That really, was fun.
0: It was good. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>